Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home. Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, Dan and I talk about the 2020 schedule and how we think the Twins' chances fare. We talk about the Twins' rotation and how Hill's healthy return will play an impact this season. We also go over our excitement for the 2021 schedule release and how there's a possibility that in 2021, things will be back to normal. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. I am David Kufis, and with me as always is Dan Thompson. The schedule for the 2020 season has been released. It does appear baseball is, in fact, going to happen. Dan, what do you think? Schedule? Are we in a good position, bad position? Can can you believe it? It is happening. It is happening. Yeah, and it looks like a schedule that, first of all, is favorable based on last year, but of course... Who knows what that will look like, especially if the White Sox are any good this year. Uh, but the second thing is, isn't this the kind of schedule you just love to drive to a few of these road trips and attend these games in person? Wouldn't that be great? It is It is super disappointing to have the, the divisional foes of the NL get an opportunity to see those games or drive to those games, and you can't. It doesn't even matter. I know, but but next year, if I believe, and we'll talk about the 2021 schedule, which let me t- I'm pretty excited about, I believe it's the same teams, so we'll, we'll get another chance next year but for now this is the schedule we've got and uh yeah it's it's fun to see those nl central teams on there um you know especially obviously the brewers on there every year but it's fun to see the pirates on there it's fun to see the reds on there so i am excited for those games to be able to watch those games yeah i mean i think that there's quite a few transplants from minneapolis to chicago and chicago to minneapolis and so while there's certainly when the white Sox come or when the twins go to the white Sox, there's certainly opportunities but you know cubs fans i'd say probably on average are a little bit more hardcore than white Sox fans I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm making a baseless accusation here, but that that seems to be the vibe I get from the uh, Chicago sports fans I know. Yeah, I guess so. It seems that way. I mean, they've they've been better lately, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that I I just think that the part of the I mean, the Cubs bandwagon obviously grew significantly when, when they won the World Series, as every team yes. probably does. But it just seems to me that. How often do you run into a White Sox fan who makes it known that they're a White Sox fan? But like, Good if you point. meet a Cubs fan, you know pretty early you know in that it. conversation yeah, or relationship. A, yeah, they've got a sticker on their car. Yeah, no, they're, something. Uh, that's a good point. Fly the W towel on their desk at work, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So it is fun to see those teams on the schedule. And now that it's actually been released, I mean, it certainly feels like it's going to happen. I think the season's going to start. The real question is, is will it finish? We we won't know, right? I mean, we're we're stuck here. It doesn't seem like too many players have backed out david price probably being one of the bigger names do you have thoughts on players playing versus not playing well you know so and then buster posey as well because they've adopted twins um i i think that i can respect a player's decision to to be able to want to take the year off it's a short year and you know if you're not for some reason perfectly healthy um if you are worried about the health of your family it's really only a couple months and especially if your team isn't going to be any good you know you, you might as well just kind of wave the flag and say hey I, I think i'll sit this one out and i don't think anybody's gonna miss for that it's a reminder that this is a real thing you know and these these are there are real risks out there for people who have vulnerable families it, it makes a lot of sense to sit it out sometimes it does kind of bring back 
your your mind to reality. It's easy to get so wrapped up in the baseball you kind of forget about the ongoing health crisis. But at the same time, that's kind of what baseball is supposed to do, right? It's kind of bring us bring us out of reality, let us escape for a little bit. And so hopefully the MLB one, you hope that they're safe, their protocols and whatnot, but two that they can still use this opportunity to get us to not think about COVID for two and a half hours, you know, two to four, depending who's pitching. But that's true. And I think it will. And you know, I, I'm even just thinking about all these summer days here and not having baseball. It's been really strange. You know, this is the time when I'm able to watch a lot of games. And uh, so it'll be nice to have them back. Gosh, even just in, in a couple weeks here. Yeah, I, it, it's amazing how quickly it came up. Like, and it is disappointing, as we talked about last podcast, that really we could have started a month ago if we didn't have the labor negotiations go the way that they did. But I am happy right. that it's finally happening. And I think like there were there was an interesting poll put together on The Athletic. They polled a bunch of uh, a bunch of their subscribers, different questions about the season. And so, you know, they're asking who's more upset who you're more upset at. Are you more upset at the players or the owners for the labor negotiations? How confident are you in, in uh, Manfred, that sort of thing. But it seems like most people are, are just excited to have baseball back. And there was one question that I thought was interesting that, that stood out said, how the last several months affected your fandom. And it looks like for the most part, people haven't changed their feelings, but some people do in fact like baseball less, but you wonder how much of that is labor negotiations and how much of that is people who are upset that they're playing this season at all. I just, I don't tend to buy those arguments that labor disputes really hurt the casual fan, or I, I guess it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, because once baseball comes back, it seems that a lot of that goes away. People will stand on principle of being, being upset, but what are they really upset about, that a sport can't get itself sorted out together? I, it's almost like people who will say, well, I'm not going to shop at such and such a store because of wh- whatever reason, but you know, you still, it, they have the best price of milk. Right. So like at some point, the baseball being played just kind of takes care of that. And the people, as much as they might complain about the labor dispute, just want to see baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The question that I thought was most telling and one that we've discussed um, on multiple occasions was, would a World Series championship this year be legitimate? And the split was 66% yes, 34% no. And there was a, um, I forget who the tweet was from, but basically was quoting DeGrom talking about that it's still legitimate because it's still a team coming together to be better than all the other teams. And it's not like you're doing this for individual accolades. So it's even less of a focus on the individual stats outside of the outliers of like the records that could be broken because of this shortened season. But looking at it from a team perspective, that it's even less less about the individual this time around and it's and it's very very focused on the team victory certainly because now you have to have your best 60 games right here and right now and i think that we're you know i, I know the nationals last year has been brought up a lot but i think this is different and i think teams are going to see that this is only a 60 game sprint and you're going to get some really good baseball and kind of like we're going to probably see with hockey you're going to see fresh guys come playoffs we're going to have i think just really good baseball you know and Hockey and even in baseball, you, you hear after the fact, after the playoffs, oh, so and so was banged up. So and so, I I think we're gonna get we're gonna get July type athletes in September and and, and into October. And I think that's gonna be pretty fun to watch. Them. Yeah, definitely. If if teams can remain healthy and you don't have guys picking up COVID and having to sit out, it's gonna be a very very exciting season. And I I think that overall, I, I'm still thrilled that the season is happening at all. And I know some guys are like, what's the point? I I think I think people need this to some extent. I think so. I think. I think those who look to the sports world for that diversion definitely do. And we're going to get a burst of it. It's going to be a very strange, unique fall if all of these leagues are able to keep playing because every league is going to be going on in September. You know, yeah. there's not, not going to be a league that's not on. I don't, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, 
what the NHL playoffs look like then, what the NBA league looks like. It, it's going to be an interesting time to watch, have a lot to watch all of a sudden after this dry spell. Yeah, it'll be. I don't know how I'm going to keep it all straight. Like, you got to have how well, many you TVs have going at once? TVs, David, I so do. That will help. You got to have at least two, and then normally a laptop and a tablet just in case, you know, there's too much overlap. Uh, yeah, and real quick, just to give credit, it's Jason Jenks who wrote the article for The Athletic with the polls. Um, some very interesting, interesting data there. If you guys want to head on over to The Athletic and give that a read, uh, pretty interesting stuff. Um, let, let's dig into the schedule a little bit just to kind of go through it. 60 games, it's almost like we could talk about each individual series and not uh, and, and not run too long here. But So we start against the White Sox, then two against St. Louis, and then four against Cleveland. Obviously, I'd say in those first three stretches, and the St. Louis and Cleveland games are home games, I would say the, the Cleveland series, obviously the most important, correct? Yeah, because then you can, you'll can you know through those 10 games, you know, what, you got to think the Twins or the Indians would be on top of the division at that point, and it would just be nice for either of those teams to just have the upper hand then heading into August. So I think that sets up well for the, for the Twins who play seven of the 10 against the Indians at Target Field. Crowd noise piped in, you would think. Uh, but batting batting last, right? I mean, that would be... So, I mean, are there going to be yeah. rules and restrictions on how much they can do that as far as pumping in that noise is concerned? I haven't heard yet. You know, if anybody knows how to pump in noise, I think it would be a Minnesota franchise, hey, right? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. There... Now it would be it would be sanctioned, right? <laughs> let's, just, let's just pump the brakes a little bit here on the old Minnesota audio issues, okay? To, to be fair, that's a metronome comment for, for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about. Um, and they should the, never the know what we're talking they, about. No, never, because it never happened. Anyway, real quick, back to the schedule. How detrimental would it be if the Twins lose one of three against the White Sox to start the season? Not too, because at the same time, you're, you're going to get them back again later in the year. Um, and I think they have a they have a pretty winnable schedule. There's no, obviously, there's none of the AL East teams on there. There's no Yankees on the schedule for the first time ever. You know, I think there's just, there's always going to be that opportunity for the Twins to pick up some more wins to string some wins together i don't see any stretches on here at least at this point that look really really hard honestly you know potentially that that trip in september to chicago where they play the white Sox and the cubs i mean that that could be maybe the trickiest stretch especially if the white Sox are still in the race then and and invariably they're going to be close enough right um through 50 games so i I think that's a tricky stretch but other than that I, i don't see really any stretches that look particularly daunting in the way that maybe that trip to Boston and New York and maybe if they threw in a you know a Blue Jays series or something on some of those longer East Coast series I I think that there's not a stretch here where you say gosh the Twins are going to be happy to win four out of ten yeah no I agree I'm four out of ten in any of the the ten game sets here I think would be a disappointment but to your point that that White Sox Cubs trip whoof you just got to hope that we have a few game lead just a little bit of a buffer because if the White Sox are real which I'm I'm still not convinced um, as much as every White Sox fan would like to tell you otherwise, I am not convinced the White Sox are for real. But let's just say I'm wrong, and they are. Going four against the White Sox, three against the Cubs in Chicago, whew, it, it, it makes me nervous, especially if we go in and let's say we only have like a three and a half game lead. And that's coming off a three game home series against the Indians, which then would become all the more important. Exactly. So- uh, I, I do think that from there, if they need it, and I've, I've seen this said at other places too, but having two rest days in the final seven day of the calendar and then home two home games against the Tigers and three against the Reds to close it out, I think that that, um, that does give them a chance to say, hey, well, got to win these last five or got to win four of these last five. That would make it re- Yeah, or best case scenario, they get a chance to rest some players if their seeding won't matter. Correct. And and to the other point, you know, I mean, with the wild card being traditional now, I think that the Twins and Indians are at a big advantage because, you know, it provided that the Tigers and the Royals aren't all that good again this year. That's um, that's a wild card seed that you, you almost have to slot in the second place 
AL Central team to be able to win that and and to, to have that advantage and maybe even just have that home game in the playoffs. I, you know, I, I don't know. Game. I don't know that I necessarily agree with you there, actually, because I think that I think we'll know at the end of August when the trade deadline hits whether or not the Indians are truly going to be a contender. Because if they're looking to deal players, and I think a deal happening earlier in the season is all the more likely this season. I think that we might find out that the Indians aren't looking to contend. Mm, I could see that too, I guess. And wouldn't that be the natural progression? I mean, they've been a little bit on the slide ever since their World Series appearance. Yeah. That would be interesting because then it, then it would potentially make it either a resurgent White Sox team. I mean, the way that we're talking about the White Sox in some sense is how teams talked about the Twins in the past. So it, it is really hard to say, well, the White Sox are going to be terrible. Um, or they're going to be, they're not going to be at the 500 team or better that people think, because especially in the short season, they could get hot. They're playing the Royals and the Tigers too. Um, what's to say that they can't do particularly well against those teams and be right up there with the Twins? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I said, I, I don't think that they're a fantastic team, and I'd still give the Twins the edge in any season series that they're going to see them this year. But I, I think I'm less willing to write them off than I once was. And maybe it's just nerves because I don't want to be wrong in saying how I think they're still going to be terrible. Yeah, and in a short season. Um, you know, any team can, can have that sprint. So that, that is a good point. And, and I would, as much as I, I'm happy to have Cleveland to be, I, I have I have no ill will against the Cleveland Indians franchise, obviously, or really any, right? But I think the Indians have had their time. And I think, you know, it, it would be good for baseball to have the White Sox come back and, and to be competitive. And then maybe the Tigers a couple more. Yeah, I think the the only ill will I have against the Indians is when I went I, I went and saw a game there with my brother a couple years back. And the field was really nice. I really liked it. The corridors could be a little bit wider, but that was the only real complaint I had. The, the only other thing that kind of dampened <laughs> that experience, Dan, is I had this guy behind me who was screaming the entire time, absolutely screaming and saying the dumbest things you have ever heard at a baseball game. Like, But he was this guy who certainly seemed like he, he wanted you to know that he understood baseball. You know, he might be listening, David. Um, so just be ready. Be ready for that for that phone call. I, I, I don't necessarily love sitting at baseball games with people other than my family and you, David. Um, <laughs> that, that's it. Everybody you, else is you're terrible. My, you're my favorite people to be with. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, can we pause here? I might need to tear up and I need to, <laughs> need to get a Kleenex here shortly. <laughs> well, we can hold hands next time we go, David. I, 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 probably not. For. We'll be wearing masks and sitting four feet apart. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have very long arms, though, David. You'd, okay. be, you'd be impressed. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad we got this sorted. You know, I did want to mention, though, did you see, we had joked a few podcasts back about having our cardboard cutouts in the stands. Did you see the twins are offering us? <laughs> I loved that. Oh, I almost dude. signed up, but I wanted to talk about it first. I know. You know, I'm... I'm ready, David. How can we do it? Okay. Did you read the particulars? Yeah. No, just real quick, just so everybody understands what we're talking about. The Twins are offering season ticket holders the opportunity to send in a picture, and then they're making a mosaic out of those pictures at at Target Field. So it's like you're there. So once again, this is just one more one more piece of evidence that we have so many more listeners than we even imagined, Dan, because obviously somebody in the Twins front office has been listening to you. Obviously. And I think, can we send the cardboard cutout just in case, just to see what they would do with it like can we just surreptitiously drop them off kind of like in monty python with the with the rabbit you do you do wonder if you just like gave it to like a low-level staffer and you're like hey man yeah these are for the mosaic and they're like no no no, you're supposed to send pictures like no no talk to your boss we got this all taken care of you need to go in the mosaic right behind home plate yeah just just set us down there wouldn't that be great david maybe we can get a min for the win podcast we should probably put that on the cart 
cardboard cutout. Yeah, well, I thought we'd be wearing our, our patented shirts here. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I'm excited for those shirts. <laughs> it, it, it'll be great. But no, yeah, that that was, I found that very entertaining when I got that email. I'm like, are you kidding me? Dan Thompson on the money once again. I'm, I'm so excited. It's the first time. It's the first time. Yeah. So like you said, the rest of the schedule looks pretty, pretty even. There's nothing really that stands out as, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? So I guess my question to you is at what point in this season are we going to know what the division looks like? Because I think, you know, when you have the 162, you can start, you can think, okay, around 50 games, you're like, okay, this is going to be clear what's happening. Where are we with the 60 game season just because of the different dynamics? How many games do we need to see before we kind of have a handle on what's happening? Well, to me, I think it it comes at the end of August, you know, after the Twins return from a a 10 game road trip against the Royals, the Indians and the Tigers. And I think at that point, then you know, they'll have played, I think, everybody on their schedule by then. Um, um, except be, for the Cubs, I believe. Except for the Cubs, you're correct. Um, and I think then, you know, you should have kind of everybody in the division has played each other a few times. That, to me, is, is the spot um, where you would know. And it coincides with the trade deadline, which I think is a, is a pretty good spot to have. the trade. And, and then the Twins finish out September mostly at home. And so I, I think that... Um, that'll be the stretch. And then and then we'll know, you know, is it going to be hopefully the Twins and somebody in that run? Is it going to be the Twins all by themselves? Or is it is it just going to be um, a, a tanker of a season for the Twins and suddenly the White Sox will be taken over or the Indians will have resurged under Terry Franco? I mean, how how devastating would that be, truly? I mean, with how pumped Twins fans, including us, have been looking forward to 2020 and finally kind of getting back to those teams that we saw in the early 2000s who were, who were, you know, always in contention. How devastating would it be in the 60 game season? Does it, does it, I guess, is it more, would it be harder to handle a terrible season this season or easier in a 162 game season? Probably about the same i think because the level of disappointment would would endure i, I don't know I, I guess you know it would be disappointing no matter what if this roster doesn't actually in the way that that we see it capable of with everybody healthy right i mean like there's nobody on this roster who is is ailing anything the the concerns about byron buxton maybe missing the, the beginning of the season are obviously not there rich hill uh which i know we're going to talk about the rotation here looks pretty good according to reports and so um, but every team's like that too, right? No, nobody's going to have that. Oh, if only. So I think, I think, yeah, it would just be disappointing. Anyway, but this team looks pretty dang good. Um, it really does. I, I think it would be a massive disappointment. I guess I'd be, again, I'd be, I'd be less probably disappointed this year than I would in a full 162 game season, just because you. I, I guess there's, it's still a 60 game season, and as much as I think a World Series victory would be legitimate, again, if the Twins win it, if anybody else wins it, absolutely not. But obviously not. As, yeah. <laughs> but. I would still be somewhat dismissive because, again, it's a 60-game season. It's weird. And so, yes, I'd be bummed if the Twins lay an egg and they can't even get, you know, a wild card position for the playoffs. But I don't know that I would be as devastated if we played the full 2020 season and the Twins didn't make the postseason. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I'm I'm even more excited about the playoffs than it would be normally, given that there won't be, if any, aside from the wild cards. I mean, teams won't have seen each other at all this year. And at least 12 months. I think that's exciting. Yeah, when you have the kind of the age-old question about whether the pitcher or the batter has the advantage, and I've always been on the side that the pitcher has the advantage when they're facing each other for the first time. And granted, a lot of these guys have seen each other in previous seasons, but it's been a long time since they faced each other. Where do you line up on that uh, on that debate? I think I think the pitcher has the advantage because I think he gets to throw the ball. I think he's, he's not the one reacting. So the tendencies and such, I think the pitcher just has a little bit more of, he has a plan. If the pitcher executes his plan i think that it's very hard for a hitter to be able to to come up with that now of course pitchers make mistakes i mean that's that's kind of the the gist of it but um no i I think that the pitchers will have an advantage here 
this season, which makes me excited about guys like Rich Hill, who haven't seen, you know, a lot of these AL guys haven't seen him pitch before. And so I think that that's going to be the advantage for him, um, even come playoffs when then he'll be pitching against teams, presumably that he hasn't seen. Yeah, so let's let's make that transition then over to the rotation. So again, the three locks, I think we, we'd both argue now is four locks between Barrio, Sotorizzi, Meta, and Hill. And then the fifth spot is still probably, there's still a little bit of discussion to be had. But I mean, what a boost, right, to have Hill healthy, ready to go. And like, there's so much less concern about watching his innings and pitch counts because one, it looks like so far in the sort of inner squad games, he's been incredibly efficient. But two, the fact that he gets to enter the season fully healthy and he doesn't have to play catch up with all the other guys who have been playing already in a 162 game season. And to your point, I think we're going to see probably some lower scoring games this year because of that, because the pitchers will not be worried about having to endure 200 innings in yes. a season. Um, you, you know, so you're going to get guys like Barrios and Odorizzi that I think are going to want to go seven. And then I think you can push. Well, Odorizzi will probably want to go five because that's kind of his. Well, <laughs> Fair point. But I think you're going to see guys be a little more willing if they feel good to keep throwing. And, but then also managers will be willing to, you know, they they were talking about this um, in the article in an article in Athletic too, just about how it's okay. They can go to their bullpen because they're going to have plenty of arms, certainly at the beginning if, if somebody's struggling. So I think we'll just see better pitching overall. Um, because even if a guy gets in trouble, they can have an early hook on him and they don't have to leave him in there to get shelled for a couple more runs. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we, we kind of have those four locks and then Bailey, I think, I really think that they're still going to give him the fifth spot, right? I, I, I can't imagine he gets replaced by Shasin or Dobnik or Thorpe or, or Smeltzer at this point. I would agree. I, I think unless he really struggles, I think he could be the one to struggle and then they would bring in one of those other guys. This is maybe just not going to be the year where one of those younger players are going to step up and prove themselves to the starter. Because, you know, normally when we would be expecting them to come in in, say, July for a struggling starter and then have the rest of the year to prove themselves, if that happens, that's mid-August, and then they've only got maybe five more starts before the end of the season. And then at that point, is that really a body of work that you can judge going year? So those guys have kind of a trickier gig now. It almost pushes their development back a year because none of them seemingly will. I, well, And it's hard to say. I, I guess one of them could have a sterling six-start stretch, but I, I just kind of doubt that that's going to really happen. But this team's depth of starting pitching, um, it may not have you know three top-line starters in the way that other teams do, um, but I would say three, four, and five, and then the options after that are better than yeah, that's that's probably true. It is interesting that we're having a discussion about what the rotation will look like this season that's far different than we've had for many seasons, where most seasons it's like, how are we going to duct tape this together? And this season is actually a who's going to be the best fit, not just who can, <laughs> who's that last piece of duct tape to, to keep this thing from going off the rails. Well, it's even different than what the discussion was in March when we were having these conversations. I think that's what's surprising, too, is just how Hill's health really changes this rotation considerably. It gives it a depth. It gives it a lefty that it didn't have. And uh, and he, you know, the, the stats prove it out. I mean, he was one of the best starters when healthy in the National League the last four seasons. So I, I think that there's a lot to like about him coming over to the AL where he's not a known commodity um, and he could make a real big impact. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm excited to see the the twins pitch this year, which is the first time for a while. Like normally we've had where you have like two games out of every five that you're actually interested to see the pitching matchup. And you're not just praying that the bats, you know, supply all the runs needed. So it'll be fun to go in thinking that, okay, we actually have someone on the plate who can, or on the mound, excuse me, who can make a difference. And it's not, we're not only having to rely on our offensive prowess. And really since Johan Santana, right? They have, I mean, and granted a lot of teams haven't had a pitcher like Johan Santana since Johan Santana, but, um, but it is exciting. And, but it's not, it's not because I think Barrios is the next Johan. I think it's just, they have just overall 
a better staff of pitchers than they've had maybe since the, that had Johan Santana on them. Yes, that's that's probably true. I mean, we could we could look at the stats to bear that out, but I guess eye test and memory test that's that seems accurate. They did also release the 2021 schedule. Now, I I barely glanced at it here, but you were saying there were some you had a couple of thoughts that one on a personal note that was a bit frustrating. Yeah, so, you know, we always look forward to the the Seattle series because we can drive over and go to that. And, and and maddeningly, this year it was going to be just before my spring break. Um, as a, and uh, and this year it is just before the end of the school year. So it's June. I'm just looking at it now. June 14th, 15th, and 16th, and school gets out. I think it's on the 17th. Ugh. So I'm a little disappointed there in that. I can't really take any of those days off there. But, but, I, but you know, I like seeing the other teams on that schedule. The Reds are on the schedule. And I keep saying the Reds like I'm a Reds fan. I'm not. <laughs> um, but just you just the, love the Trevor NL Bauer. Central you teams. love his, I, his intensity I do love Trevor Bauer. and his willingness you know, to throw great? the ball to center field. And I would, and I would love if at the trade deadline the Twins need a pitcher. They oh, my goodness. Um, but, yes, it's just funny to think about that 2021 schedule when we haven't even seen the 2020 schedule. Um, and hopefully, but it, it, at the same time, it's a reminder that, oh, hey, next year might actually just be, wouldn't that be great? It that would be great. I'm, I'm not holding year. my breath you know, quite yet to see that it's going to be just normal. Um, I think once the fall sports roll around, depending how those go, and whether we see a big uptick, obviously, in, in COVID cases, whether or not we can get back to normal. But I, it is weird looking at that 2021 schedule and being like, why am I thinking about 2021? I should be still thinking about 2020. But it's so hard when baseball hasn't even happened yet at all today. Exactly. Well, and even when it was released, I, I had to do a, a double take because I thought, no, no, we've already seen the schedule. Yeah, yeah this right. Year. And then it's like, no, 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 it's 2021. It's uh, pretty crazy to think. But we were talking about how, um, you know, I wonder how much thought they put into the way that they do openers because the twins are going to open at the brewers allegedly next season which is always a series that they were going to fill in milwaukee anyway uh, and i just wonder how much they would they consider those those things well maybe it's better to have a, a royal series then right or a tiger series just because you're probably not going to fill those the rest of um, in the way the brewers do but that's a minor quibble and an aside I, I think it's an interesting uh it's an interesting interesting schedule the the, the red sox come early the pirates um, they've got some some interesting series going on April. This feels silly to be talking about April 2021 now, David. I know, especially when not one game has been played in 2020. Right. And we just have no idea what these teams are going to look like. Yeah, I can't wait for, for a couple of things. But, but truly, when COVID is over, do you think it will just go back to normal as far as stadiums are just going to be filled with people? Or do you think there's still going to be quite a bit of hesitancy of people to go back into those uh, big, big places filled with people to the brim. I, I don't think there'll be a ton of hesitance. Once hopefully we have a vaccine that works, um, that people are able to just be, I think people will be so eager to get out into crowds again. I mean, in Spokane, we're not going to have a minor league baseball season at all, which is weird to me that I'm not going to attend a baseball game this summer unless somehow the twins go to the playoffs and I can come back and somehow fans are available then in October, which I doubt. So it's weird. I, I think people are going to long for that ability to just go to a baseball game, though, if they do seat delivery of things of food and beverage not just for the for the elites people who <laughs> yes. sit in that section that we want to sit in we yes. can't um that would be a great change i would love to be able to call in from section 232 uh and get a and get a drink and a hot dog absolutely and then you get a craft beer based upon what you select and not just what happens to be the craft beer guy that made his way around Exactly, exactly. Wouldn't that be grand? So I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. I think there's there's not too much else to cover until baseball actually starts. So we'll be back once the season has begun. Uh, kicking out content after each series will be the plan. Uh, I, I am very happy that the time has finally come and that the next time you hear our voices, Lord willing, 
there will be baseball, Dan Thompson. Won't they be great? And we can do it in person. David, oh, my we goodness. We can do our next one in person. That will be absolutely fantastic. I almost forgot about that. But yeah, it, so. It's liking for me to come back to Minnesota to start. <laughs> yes, it's it's fantastic. I will thank you all for listening here. Go ahead and check us out on Twitter at, at MinForTheWin. Uh, you can leave any comments there. Tell us how wrong we are about everything. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back soon. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!